structures are not serving us well. We need to creatively destroy the ships that brought us here and move into the land of the future with better tools. Tools that keep us safer and healthier, that create more wealth for more people, that foster more intimate and rewarding relationships. We need to leave behind what is not working. We need a modern revolution. We invite here, they are thinking differently, and we'll tell you where you can learn all about them later, after you have listened to them closely. For now, we don't want to impress you with what they have done, we want to impress you with what they have to say. The Modern Revolution will be podcasted. Okay, well, welcome to the Modern Revolution, and here we talk with guests who are multifaceted and affecting the world in many positive ways. And they're not just affecting the world in positive ways for themselves, but for all of us. Now in this podcast, we're not here to beat you over the head with the resume of our guests to try to imply that you need to believe everything they say just because of their past experiences. We are inviting guests to speak about their experiences and tensions first. We are inviting you to listen to them closely. And should their ideas resonate uh, with you? Well, you can learn uh, much more about them and how to find their work on our show notes, which are going to be on themodernrevolution.com. Today's guest is modern revolutionary Matt Foreman. And Matt, um, you know, clearly you're a person who's multidimensional and you're doing work that affects different people at different stages in their lives and affecting people that are intending to accomplish even different things. And so I realize this isn't the easiest of questions, but if I was going to ask you to distill your mission in the world or the work you're doing into the world into, you know, very simple terms, how would you describe your work? Uh, Pete, I think, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, I think if I had to uh, to describe the work that I do in, in, in kind of the, the way you're looking for, I would say that what I want to do is work with people to help them have uh, revolutions inside themselves, uh, to, mm, to have, yeah. uh, you know, big changes and, and, and make big differences internally um, in their lives and their minds and their hearts and in the way they see themselves and in the way they, um, in the way they live their daily life. Um, you know, it's, I don't think that my uh, um, I don't think that the work that I do is is so much focused on uh, uh, changing you know kind of external things like laws and policies and uh, and things like that. I think I would probably say that everything that I do is is working with people to uh, to to bring about big changes, positive changes, uh, kind of inside in their own uh, inside their own minds. Yeah, I. I think um, I, I love that, and um, I think you know, to, in an environment uh, that is sees so much um, tearing down of, of people out there in the world, that uh, what you're you're doing, uh, if we had an army of people who are interested in that, we would live in such a different culture right now. Um, I I guess the next question that I want to ask you uh, is. As you talk about trying to bring about internal revolutions within people, um, if you could talk a little bit about like what problem does that address in the world? Uh, like what, what problem are you trying to solve? Because you're trying to help people get to places that they can't get on their own. And, um, and I'm curious as to, you know, when you're looking to help somebody get to someplace new, like what problem are you trying to solve? What maybe internal beliefs? And given that some of your work is a little esoteric, maybe you could talk a little bit about like what you're actually doing in terms of how you're bringing about these internal changes. Uh, there. So that's a two-part question. Is that, does that make sense? Can you? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in regards to the uh, the problem that I think I'm trying to solve in the world, uh, I think I think I would say that one of the main problems that I see is people living uh, very limited lives uh, in the way they see themselves. 
um, you know, people kind of going through their, their daily lives and their daily experiences, you know, day after day, year after year with very, uh, uh, very kind of limited uh, boundaries in their minds and in their heads about uh, what they can do, um, what they're capable of, uh, what the possibilities are for them uh, in, terms of, in terms of what they can do and what they can become. Um, and I think these things, for me, they, they kind of break down into, the, into a, a physical and a mental uh, category mm-hmm. um, yeah. because of the the work that I do is uh, is, is kind of it covers both of those areas. Um, obviously, you know most of my uh, a, a big part of my work in the world comes from the uh, the athletic coaching uh, realm, um, and obviously that's going to be something that's that's very uh, very you know kind of heavily weighted on physical ability and, and and physical attributes. But at the same time, you know anybody who's done any kind of a uh, athletics or sports uh, for any length of time can tell you very quickly that uh, uh, that the the psychological part of it is uh, is is pretty enormous it, in in many ways it's it, it comes before the physical part and yeah. I guess when I when I look around at the people that I work with um, I, I I run into a lot of people who you know the idea of, of of doing the kind of things that that I that I'm involved in as a teacher and a coach, the kind of sports work and uh, and you know the the type of learning that I that I try to instill in people. Uh, a lot of people just they, they've got a block instantly uh, as soon as they think about uh, you know uh, being an athlete or being physical or learning a new skill or you know becoming something uh, better uh, in terms of their their own life and their their internal development because they just they've they've got limits built up in their head um, and some of those limits are they're rock solid um, you know they've they've got negative self perceptions um, they've got very specific ideas about uh, about who they are and what they can do and and what they can't do um, and so that I guess that's kind of the problem that uh, that I would say I'm trying to solve because um, you know this this is something that obviously uh, uh, happened for me uh, at a young age. You know, the, the the type of person that I'm describing here is somebody who, who you know, kind of walks through their life uh, with a really kind of negative limitation mindset. That's that's exactly the kind of person I was at a young age. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, you know, I had uh, I, I had some really good people in my early life who did uh, the exact things for me that I'm now trying to do for other people. Um, and so uh, that's, that's kind of what, uh, that's kind of how the whole thing started. Uh, yeah, I, I um, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to observe sort of uh, the impact of you um, helping people go from thinking they can't do something to think to, to, to doing that thing that they couldn't do, which I, uh, is a thrilling, you know, micro moment in people's lives. I, just by, uh, just by, I guess guessing. I'm I'm thinking that not everybody will be. When we talk about some of your athletic coaching, and I recognize your athletic coaching covers a lot of dis- different disciplines, but can I get you for just a minute to talk about um, Olympic lifting because, uh, and. And maybe um, you could tell just a, a story about like, you know, this is what Olympic lifting is. And then I, I had somebody who thought they couldn't do X, Y, or Z, and then were able to do it just to kind of illustrate what you're talking about in the context of, um, of, of that part of your coaching. Because I don't know that everybody who's listening will know what Olympic lifting is. And I find that um, a, a really interesting part of, how you go about achieving the things that you're looking to achieve in the world. Uh, because I, I think that that area of athletics is something that it's easy for people to say, I can't do that. Or, you know, that I would like to do that, but I, I don't think I can. Could, could you do sure. that for, for me? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Olympic weightlifting is, uh, is kind of the, the, the fundamental athletic uh, part of my, of my career, uh, not only personally as an athlete, but also, uh, in, in the work that I do coaching. Um, Olympic weightlifting is, uh, it's, it's the form of weightlifting that you see on TV in the Olympics every four years. Um, you know, when, I, when, when I'm trying to describe weightlifting to people, I usually tell them 
Uh, well, the, the first thing I usually do is I ask, have you ever seen weightlifting in the Olympics where, you know, guys and, and women, uh, you know, pick the bar up off the ground onto their chest and then they push it up overhead. And usually when I'm doing this, I kind of like do a, a real quick little physical mimic of what the snatch or clean and jerk look like, the two competition lists for Olympic lifting. And instantly when I say that, everybody nods their head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's the, the weightlifting that we see in the Olympics. And I say, well, that's what I do. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a it, one of the oldest Olympic sports. It's been around for over 100 years. It's a, it's a tremendously popular global sport, and um, it's uh, it, it's an exceptionally technical sport. Um, you know, I think probably Pete, just about every time that I've watched weightlifting uh, with somebody else who was outside the sport, somebody who wasn't a weightlifter, or somebody who wasn't an athlete. I could probably say nine times out of 10 or maybe 99 times out of 100, the people who have, who I've been watching these things with have said, oh, I could never do that. Or, oh, that yeah. looks so hard. Or, oh, right. that looks so, so, you know, dangerous, which is another huge misconception. Um, you know, people just universally uh, see the sport, even just visually when they see it without knowing anything about it, and there's an immediate cutoff. You know, that's, that's something I couldn't do. That's something that I, I, I don't. I don't think I could ever do because it's uh, it's it's extremely um, complicated. It's extremely the the movements are very complex. Um, it's it's something that when you watch it done, you can tell even if you don't know anything about it that it's something that requires a, a tremendous amount of learning and practice and also a pretty wide uh, kind of physical skill set. So that's that's what I do. Um, I've I've been a competitive Olympic weightlifter since I was 15, and I've been coaching it uh, since I was uh, you know around 20 years old. Um, so the Olympic weightlifting is my thing. But in regards to the story you were talking about, um, uh, you know, in terms of working with an athlete, um, there's there's one that popped into my head uh, uh, pretty clearly when you asked me that question just a second ago. Um, you know, this was a situation that happened uh, uh, when I was uh, coaching in Washington State. Uh, probably, I guess this would have been about maybe 15, 18 years ago. Um, I was uh, I was coaching in a high school program. Um, it was a high school that I was working at at the time, and uh, um, they had a, a weight training program after school for you know any of the students at the school who wanted to be involved in it. And uh, right. I was teaching Olympic weightlifting in this, and you know, after a, a you know short amount of time at the school, a few years, I I developed a, a, a pretty solid weightlifting program. We had a lot of kids uh, involved in it. A lot of kids were, um, you know, competing. They they made the transition from not just doing the list for fun, but also getting on the competitive platform and and traveling to to weightlifting meets and competitions. So things were really kind of rolling, and they were exciting. And um, there was this one uh, young kid. Um, he was a, uh, I guess he would have been a junior at the school uh, at the time. Um, so I'm guessing he was probably 16 or 17 years old. And um, now this was a young man who, uh, in addition to, you know, uh, wanting to join the weightlifting program, I also had him uh, in my English class. I was an English teacher <laughs> at the school, and, uh, and he, was, he was one of my students. And uh, this kid was uh, uh, pretty noticeable, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, mm -hmm. uh, this kid was, uh, you know, kind of a, you know, real kind of little ruffian, borderline juvenile delinquent, uh, you know, bad grades, bad behavior, a lot of trouble. He'd been in trouble with the law, um, you know, had been suspended from school a couple times, uh, uh, you know, just a real, real, real kind of problem child, kind of an at-risk kid. And, um, right. And so anyway, uh, one day he basically just kind of wandered into the weight room and told me that he uh, that he wanted to he wanted to join up. He wanted to join the program. He wanted to learn Olympic lifting, basically just, a, you know, uh, you know, a scraggly problem child from the street, you know, walking into a weightlifting gym saying, hey, I want to be a weightlifter. And I asked him why uh, he wanted to do this, and he didn't have a good reason for me. You know, he was a young kid, obviously. He was, you know, not real good at taking the, the things that were in his head and putting them into words, so he just kind of stammered through some, you know, oh, I don't know, I think it looks cool uh, type of responses. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And, um, and I, I could tell with this kid that uh, just from being around him a little bit and having had him as a student and just the fact that he was – that he was making the move to come into that weight room and ask me to do this, that this kid was, was looking for something. Uh, you know, he was, he was, he was looking for something. And I think it was not just 
wanting to learn a physical sports skill. You know, I could I could kind of see just uh, yeah, right. Just from talking to this kid, that this kid wanted to be something different. He wanted to make a change, and so I gave this kid, you know, a pretty uh, pretty kind of rough, abrupt, uh, you know, kind of conversation here. I said. I said, listen, I said, I'm going to give you a shot at this. I'm going to let you in the program. I'm going to coach you. I'll make the commitment to working with you here. I said, and make sure you understand this is a one-shot kind of thing here. Um, I said, you've, you've been in a lot of trouble. You've caused a lot of problems at school. Um, you've done a lot of things that, are, that have, you know, brought around the cops and, you know, things like that. So the first time you screw up, you're out of here. I told Correct. him that straight up. I said, I said, the first time you do something uh, destructive towards this program, you're gone and you'll never walk through this door again. I right. said, but if you don't do that, I said, if you go all the way with this thing and if you really make a decision that you're going to commit to this, I said, then I'll go all the way with you. Um, I said, I'll, uh, I'll help you and I'll teach you and, and I'll, I'll you know, help you get to where you want to go, wherever that is. And I think the... I think the force of that conversation had the desired effect. I think it went down down deep into the bottom of this kid. And, you know, the uh, the, the long story short is this kid wound up uh, two years later, uh, you know, competing at the national championship, um, oh. you know, wow. be, becoming, a state, becoming a state champion, um, you know, uh, going to the national level. And in addition to those things, um, you know, his grades turned around. He wound up, uh, you know, becoming a, a you know, straight-A student. Um, the trouble disappeared. Uh, the uh, the behavior disappeared. Um, it was a, it was a transformational uh, experience with the kid, and um, and this I think if when you ask me to like think of a story that that I think kind of like symbolizes or encapsulates what I'm trying to do in the world, I think that's it. And uh, and and that doesn't necessarily mean that um, that the person that I work with uh, has to be somebody who who comes from a a troubled background, you know, with this kid, um, the fact that this kid had, uh, had been in a lot of trouble in his life was just kind of a, just kind of a sidebar fact about him. The, the bigger issue was that this kid was walking around with a, a, a really negative, obviously self-destructive perception about himself and who he was and, and what he was uh, capable of being in the world. But for whatever reason, at some point he worked up the courage and, uh, the, the internal strength to, to literally walk through the door of a place where he had the opportunity to, to become something different than that. And, um, yeah. And yeah. I, so I, I mean, that's exactly what expectations were and he right. went with it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, that's a, that's a, the perfect kind of cycle of what we kind of led into the conversation with where somebody's idea of themselves, um, was smaller than the reality of themselves. And, and I know that not only the, you not need to be in trouble to come work with you, but your expectation is not that you need to be on the champion platform of some, you know, national level of performing either. And so that, sure. you know, this is a, this is quite an arc of, this is a great example because it's such an arc of um, somebody's experience from thinking of themselves in one way. And then obviously when they got a foothold in one part of their life, other parts of their lives, you know, followed suit, you know, once they had a good image of themselves in one area, you know, other areas improved as well. And, and I think, um, you know, these kind of triumphs, these triumphs in the world, uh, you know, they don't always get sung as loudly as they should, you know, because you got, who knows if he had continued along his delinquency path, what that would have ultimately led to. And had he done something awful, he would have, you know, the, the notoriety that had uh, followed him for that would have, you know, who knows what we could be talking about with this. But, you know, instead, this is the triumph of somebody who, in my opinion, you know, that psychological disposition that says, hey, if you, I'm with you, if you respect the fact that, you know, you have this opportunity. And so if you respect the opportunity, I will stay with you you know, as through your ups and downs. Um, and I've, I've seen you do that. I, and I mean, it's such an important, um, uh, such a positive, important uh, work that you're doing in, in the world. Did, is it, did it occur to you all at a moment? Like, was it an epiphany? Like, this is what I want to do? Or was it incremental? Did, 
did you have one experience and then another experience that moves you along this way or did you or was it in a flash in a moment that you decided this is my work you know it, it wasn't a moment it was a specific time period and um okay. it was it, and it was really really early on honestly uh, uh i i knew that i wanted to do this for a living by the time i was about 17 years old and um right. The, the, the way that kind of came about was, um, you know, when I was, a, uh, you know, when I was a young kid, when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, I was basically just another version of the, the kid that I described in that story just a minute ago. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, real, you know, you know, borderline juvenile delinquent, bad grades, bad behavior. Uh, you know, that, that was me up until probably about my freshman or sophomore year of high school. And, um, you know, I had uh, some coaches who, you know, they, they spotted something in me. I don't know what it was, but they spotted something um, who encouraged me to, to try out for sports, encouraged me to join the football team, and uh, then encouraged me to, uh, to try lifting weights. And, um, and once I, you know, tried those things, you know, fortunately it, it turned out to be something that uh, these sports turned out to be things I had some talent for. So I started having a lot of success, and um, you know the the success that I had uh, changed everything. You know, I went from being a, a straight F student in high school to being a straight A student. Um, you know, I went from being a, a, a pretty badly behaved kid to being kind of a, a you know you know really really you know good solid you know, model of good behavior, for lack of a better term, uh, type of kid. And so, I honestly, Pete, I knew by the time that I was, uh, like, about ready to graduate high school that that's what I wanted to do uh, with my life, that I wanted to do the same thing uh, for other people that had been done for me. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I knew even as a teenager um, that that was uh, – I, I knew what had been done with me. I knew what had happened. I was very self-aware of it. And um, – and I just kind of decided this is this is how I want to this is how I want to make my way my work in the world. This is what I want to do. And and so I just and I want to leave like the the place to find out the bulk of your accomplishments on the show notes at themodernrevolution.com. But but just for a second, just to kind of show your art compared to like what I'm hearing in those comments is like in this period of time. Um, people gave you that the same thing that you decided, Hey, I want to organize my work in the world around helping people do what I just experienced. And so um, we're going to talk about, you know, you've written, you have three books that you've written and you're working on a fourth and we'll put links to those on there. And you know, the athletic accomplishments, everybody always, it's uh, it's always such a juicy thing that like, how would you describe maybe the pinnacle of your, athletic I know you have many athletic achievements but if you're going to just if we just take one break and you tell me one thing that the audience can like be interested in for your athletic achievements how what would you describe um I, I would have to say kind of the the one thing that pops into my head immediately when you ask that question was when I competed in the Olympic trials in 2004 um okay. because uh, uh you know obviously you know, Olympic weightlifting, the, the, the key word there is Olympic. And so, you know, making it to the Olympic Games is, uh, is kind of the, the pinnacle of achievement. And, um, you know, every, everybody who, who, you know, starts the sport dreams of that someday. Um, for me, just uh, I, I kind of knew very early on in my career that, uh, um, you know, getting to actually go to the Games is, uh, um, you know, every four years, two or three weightlifters go in the whole in the right. whole country, in the whole United States. It's a right. it's an unbelievably selective luck of the draw type of thing. But I kind of I kind of knew from being in the sport at a young age that if you if everybody who's competed in the Olympic trials kind of had like this special aura um, in the sport. Um, you know, I can remember going to you know competitions when I was a teenager and when I was a junior lifter and you know, having, having other coaches and athletes point at other lifters that I knew and, and say like, oh yeah, that guy lifted in the trials in 1984. And there was this mm-hmm. immediate right. kind of special association with that. And so I basically made it my goal um, uh, to, to, to do that someday. And uh, it took me, uh, it took me about 16 years. I got there when I was 32 uh, after injuries, uh, comebacks, um, uh, disappointments and failure and everything like that. I had to, I, I don't mind saying I had to fight tooth and nail 
uh, and, and right. wait a very, very long time to get there, but I finally did it. And so that, if, if I had to pick one thing, um, that would be it. Yeah, that's, so if you're, if you're 14 uh, years of age and um, someone tells you someday you're going to compete to have one of the two or three spots to go represent the United States in the Olympics, uh, that might have, um, your 13, 14-year-old self might have been a little confused <laughs> by, <laughs> you know, the level of achievement that you're, you were actually on the road to, to that. And I, I, I just think that's um, encouraging and inspirational in lots of different ways. Um, so, like, when I, the next question is about, like, assumptions that you're challenging in people and, and, and maybe the status quo that keeps people in that limited perspective on who they are. And so I'm wondering if you can say the way that you have a, um, a thesis statement, the way you have like a, you know, you can distill your work into uh, such an elegant statement. If, if I was going to say what you're challenging out there in the world and you know, and I know that it's probably different. It's probably different by age. It's probably different by gender, um, by ability. However, you know, I'm sure there's lots of it. But do you have um, like a prime assumption or a prime part of the status quo that you're working to change, to be in conflict with in a positive way? Yeah. Um, I think uh, the basic assumption people have um, is, you know, that there are certain things that, that they can do and certain things that they can't do. Um, I think, like you said, those things uh, are brought along for a, a huge range of reasons. Um, you know, some of those things might be, uh, you know, based on, you know, gender, background, age, um, uh, you know, physical, uh, you know, limitations in terms of size or injury or disability or something like that. Um, I also think that, uh, that there are some things that kind of, uh, that kind of feed that assumption. Um, I think, uh, you know, two of the things that kind of pop into my head right away are media and, uh, and technology. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously one of the it, it, one of the really easy um, things to look at when you're talking about how people look at themselves is the, uh, you know, the associations that, uh, that, that we see in the media for, you know, what, you know, what physical beauty is, what intelligence mm-hmm. looks like, uh, things like that. Um, you know, in, in my coaching, uh, you know, the, the coaching that I do is, uh, is, is both male and female. I work with both genders. And, um, uh, you know, Olympic weightlifting, uh, coaching Olympic weightlifting, that is something that uh, for a very, very, very long time, uh, it was an extremely hard sell to women, um, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, you know, just, you know, traditionally and culturally, uh, women kind of uh, for many, many decades uh, would look at something like Olympic weightlifting and say to themselves, that's something I can't do, and it's also something I'm not supposed to do. Right. Um, for a lot of reasons, uh, fear, um, uh, fear of being thought of as masculine, fear of being, the fear of, you know, looking masculine after the training process has happened, things like that. But, um, you know, fortunately now we're in a situation because there have been a lot of coaches out there and I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to be one of them who have, uh, you know, kind of shown everybody that, uh, that, you know, this, this sport is about being an athlete. Um, it's right. not about, uh, you know, changing your gender or, you know, uh, you know, you know, corrupting any kind of like uh, place you have in the world in regards to, you know, your, your femininity or masculinity or anything like that. Um, right. Being an athlete is, is a non-gender, uh, is, is a non-gender life. It's a non-gender identity. And it's something that can universally, um, you know, add a lot of uh, excitement and enthusiasm and joy and, and kind of, you know, mental strength into your life uh, when you do it. And so I think that, you know, there's a, a lot of times I think, uh, I think you know, media influences uh, play into that. I also, and when I say technology a, a second ago, I think one of the things that I, I think of there is uh, my, my personal idea is that, you know, technology, uh, as, as it advances decade by decade in our, in our society, for all of the great, uh, really exciting, wonderful possibilities that it that it offers it also um in many in many ways also offers a lot of ease 
uh, in people's lives. Um, right. you know, I, I think you know, technology is something that can very, very easily uh, make somebody's life just a lot, um, well, I don't know, I guess I can say softer uh, because uh, you know, they're, you know, they, they, they kind of use the technological devices that are available to them to, uh, you know, to make their life a lot easier. And um, the, the, type of, uh, uh, the, the types of changes that I think I want to help people make in their lives, the, the type of internal revolutions that, that I want to help people have, they're things that involve uh, uh, difficulty. Uh, there are things that involve challenge. There are things that involve, uh, you know, uh, hard physical work, hard mental work. Um, you know, when I when I think about the when I think about the word revolution, I think most people, if they hear the word revolution, they're immediately going to think about, uh, you know, wars and you know historical conflicts like the American Revolution, French Revolution, things like that. You know, those are those are you know th- those were armed conflicts that uh, that brought about change, but the process of change came. Uh, in a, through a very, very difficult, hard, uh, you know, painful process. And, um, and that's, I think, how these things have to happen uh, the, because the, the, the process of, uh, of, of being an athlete and the process of learning weightlifting and, and making yourself into a different person, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that's hard. It's something that, uh, that involves a lot of, uh, a lot of challenge. And, um, but there, you know, there's, I heard, I remember, I think I heard a quote back when I was in college. I don't know if it was in a psychology class. And this teacher said, all growth begins with pain. Um, Everything all the way from childbirth, all the way up through, you know, puberty, learning, um, you know, uh, you know, studying to become a better person, emotional experiences, you know, um, you know, things, you know, growing and becoming better in some way is something that's going to, is going to, you know, involve discomfort. And, uh, yeah, so that, yeah, that, that, I, I mean, that makes, that's kind of one of the main assumptions that I, I would have to say stands in the way of what I'm trying to do. So maybe an assumption that um, there's this self-limiting idea that, that I can't be a better version of myself, the version that, you know, that I have in my imagination. It may be something even, you know, past that, that I could, that my possibilities are, you know, the limited um, – obviously is the antithesis of the unlimited, right? So like your life could include all kinds of um, possibilities and that, uh, so when, when you look at this um, characteristic in people, why do you think they see it as less serious than, than it in fact is like, um, I don't know, in many ways, like the training, you know, the, the, the Olympic platform, the, you know, the gymnastics match, the, you know, pick your metaphor, the, you know, the basketball court. For me, its primary value is as a, as a surrogate for training yourself for other areas of your life. Um, and so when you see this, these characteristics of people uh, picking a limited view of themselves versus a, you know, big, unlimited kind of possibility, set of possibilities ahead of them. And, and I think part of what I'm also hearing is that maybe uh, like instead of embracing the idea that it's going to feel good to work hard um, and that I'm going to enjoy that rather than hard work being only uh, something that is, you know, uh, to be avoided. Like what, why do people see those, things as less serious than they in fact are. Do you have an idea about that? Well, I think probably just, uh, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, kind of the, the ease of modern life, uh, I think plays into that. Um, I also think that, you know, staying the way you are is a lot easier uh, than changing yeah. something about yourself. Um, you know, right. most people are going to lean in the direction of things being easier and, um, uh, you know, and, and just kind of continuing just kind of keeping the ball rolling of whatever, you know, niche you're in in life uh, is, is, is easy, you know. Um, and I also think another problem uh, there is that there are just, I mean, in, in this day and age, there are a lot of fun distractions uh, that, that can kind of take people away from, uh, uh, from, from making the changes that they might need to make in their lives. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, why go to a gym and you know, uh, you know, tax your body, and, and you know, and work yourself physically and mentally, and and make yourself sore, and and go through all the the really you know 
hard, sweaty, grunty, painful uh, type processes involved in training when you can and just whatever whatever you want to plug in at the end of that sentence um, every right. you know all these different things that people can do in their lives that are um, uh, you know fun and easy, and most of them uh, you know kind of keep people uh, in that same kind of hypnotized physical state where you know nothing really changes in their life they just kind of like keep uh keep existing in in whatever way they have in the past um so i think i think people see the 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 problem of of self-limitation um as less serious because uh because they just don't see it so is is a certain Um, there's a certain blindness to uh well, I mean, all of us probably have a certain blindness to certain things. I mean, none of us are 100% um, self-aware. But, you know, in this context, I mean, your observation is like they somehow or other there was a moment in these people's lives, like the young man that you talked about earlier and in yourself, where there was an openness to something bigger. And then that openness was met with somebody saying, well, I'll help you explore what that is. Um, so if we were, you know, some of that sounds like serendipity, right? Like it was right place, right time type of circumstance. Mm -hmm. Um, and let, let's say you were going to make a recommendation on to somebody that's listening to you. Uh, but you you just want to pick a small thing. Like if you're going to say, Hey, here's a small behavioral change to orient yourself away from a self-limiting perspective, away from eschewing hard work and uncomfortable work and instead seeing that as a as a a more desirable route than than the inertia of the status quo do you have a suggestion in terms of a starting point and it doesn't it can be in whatever way you want doesn't have to be towards a athletic endeavor necessarily although it can be just like what what would be something that somebody could do to begin that process um, I, I think the, the the easiest starting point and probably the best starting point is to just make the effort to start learning about these things, uh, you mm-hmm. know, to, to start learning about the different things that, that they might be interested in or that they might, uh, you know, kind of find uh, challenging or that they might think they can't do. Um, like, uh, you know, for example, um, you know, we'll just, we'll, you know, stay with weightlifting because that's, that's what we're talking about largely because of the work that I do. Um, so, you know, somebody is, uh, you know, you know, you know, 35, 45, 55 years old, whatever. And, um, you know, they, they see weightlifting on television every four years. They see it in the Olympics and they get excited about it. They get thrilled about it. And, uh, you know, and just like that kid uh, that, that wandered into the weight room that day with me, they get kind of like a, a spark inside where they, they think it's something they might like to try. Right. Um, now, immediately, uh, these people are going to like, you know, cut themselves off from that because they're going to think, well, I'm not a, I'm not a 22 year old uh, elite level athlete in a national training center in China, um, so so that means the sport doesn't doesn't belong with me. Well, here's the thing: if you start to just kind of like investigate the sport a little bit, and if you start to learn about it. Uh, you'll find out very quickly that, I mean, weightlifting is a sport that has, uh, you know, age divisions going all the way up into the 70s and 80s. Right. Um, you, know, uh, you know, people do this sport at old ages. Now they're not competing to go to the Olympics, but they're competing in their age groups, um, and, uh, and they're still involved in it. They're still doing it. They are weightlifters. Um, and so they, that, that never would have happened if the person wasn't willing to kind of like just start doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of looking, a little bit of reading, a little bit of homework, a little bit of checking on it, you know, and um, and and I think once you've just learned a little bit and done a little bit of homework on the things that you're interested in doing, you start to realize to yourself, listen, this is absolutely not something that's cut off for me. This isn't something I can't do. There are a lot of people just like me who are doing it. And, um, and, you know, so that I would say is kind of like the really, really small change. Just start to educate yourself a little bit on different things. Um, you know, just, just kind of look around. Uh, you know, don't, don't catch a quick glimpse of something and then just classify it in your, your mental file cabinet as like not an option. 
um, you know, just just check it out a little bit. You know, yeah, um, that, I, can have, that can happen on the internet. That can happen just through walking through the door of a gym and just, you know, going up to a coach and just asking a few questions in street clothes uh, about about what the options are. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think at the foundation of what you just said for to my year is to have a curiosity about your yourself in a sense, like you know, to put yourself as you talked about like there's the inertia of the status quo, you know, you're used to doing the familiar. Um, the only way you get out of the familiar is to be curious about something else and then go check that out. So if something, you know, when I hear you talk, like if, if there's a small thread of something that interests you, that if you follow that thread, you might be surprised, um, you know, where it leads you and it might, it could be transformational in your life. This kid wandered into your gym in the midst of a life where he was getting in trouble. And then all of a sudden, you know, things turned around because he followed uh, his own curiosity in a practical way. So I think, um, you know, I think lots of things can come out. You have to have a commitment to yourself, right? Like, you know, before, as you said to that young man, like, I'll be here with you, but if you're not, you know, you don't respect that opportunity. And I, I can't obviously um, stay with you through that. As we're going to kind of work mm-hmm. our way to to the end here of the um, of our interview, and so we're going to do um, just two kind of wrap up questions. And 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 look, Matt, I know you got like accomplishments in the in the writing world, and you 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 know you're a well loved teacher in, in your teaching world, and you're a beloved coach across you know people of you know all different ages, and you know both men and women, and people who you know, that you've coached that have had amazing um, accomplishments and then people who the accomplishments to the external eye may not look like, okay, you're on your way to some, you know, national championship, but are just as important to those people. Uh, We talked a little bit earlier about a story that was important to you. Is there an accomplishment when you think of all the different things that you've done that you would most want people to associate with you? Like people think Matt Foreman is there a, one accomplishment that sits above the rest is like, boy, I'd love to be known for this, this thing. Um, I think, uh, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words on that. Um, and uh, I, but as in, in regards to your question, uh, accomplishment that I'd like people to think of when they uh, describe me to another person, um, I think I would like people to, if, if somebody's going to describe me to somebody else, I think I would like them to say that, that I'm somebody who cares about right. them and about what's important to them and about helping them uh, uh, get better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, when I look at, uh, when I look at the, uh, there's, a, there's a, a program that I coach, and obviously this, this one rings a bell because this is where you and I met, um, a, a coaching job at a CrossFit gym, uh, Core CrossFit in Phoenix, um, you know, this is a, this is a, it's, it's a CrossFit gym. It's an, it's an open, uh, you know, public gym, uh, you know, private sector business. And, um, you know, the vast majority of the people, uh, that I work with in this program that I teach weightlifting to are, um, just, uh, for lack of a better, for, for lack of a better term, just regular people in regards to like, uh, mm-hmm. athletic life. Um, you know, this, this isn't like a, a, a national level training center for people who are going to go on and win national championships someday. Um, this is uh, now, I mean, obviously we do have some, some people involved in the program who have gone on to, to compete at a pretty high level, but we also have people mm-hmm. who have uh, been training in, in this program for, uh, for several years now who have never competed and are never going to compete um, and, and probably don't have uh, the, the kind of talent and, and natural ability level, no matter how much hard work they ever do, to become like a, a national level uh, competitor or anything like that. But I think the thing that I would like to, to, to have known about me is that regardless of the talent level the person has, regardless of the ability or the potential that they have, and regardless of, of how far they're ever going to get to go how far that's in the cards for them in terms of what they in terms of weightlifting um i care equally about them 
uh, yes. no matter yeah. what their level is. Um, you know, like uh, if if somebody, you know, the 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 bottom level, I guess if you want to put it like the bottom level, uh, like talent or potential athletes that I work with uh, in terms of like any kind of results they're ever going to produce, their weightlifting and their goals and their drive and their their experience is just as important to me as somebody who might have the potential to make the Olympic team. Um, and, and it really is. And I think that, uh, it, I think that plays out in the way that I coach because it, uh, I've, I've said this to people before and I know it sounds kind of hokey, but it really doesn't matter to me, um, how much talent and ability somebody has. Um, that kid that I mentioned, uh, in the story earlier, um, obviously he did have the, uh, the athletic tools and the physical tools to be able to rise to a pretty high level, but it wouldn't have made any difference to me if he didn't. Yeah. Right. Um, if that kid would have just spent the last two years of his high school career training and working out with me and all of that would have led to like all the positive changes this kid made in his life. Um, and all the all the all the great things that happened and the way he he approached the rest of his life after our time together, um, that would have been just as valuable uh, to me as a coach as as anything this kid did uh, competitively. Um, going going out and achieving high results competitive in, in the competitive world that's just a, a, a you know a kind of an added plus if it happens. Um, yeah. But I would say the the accomplishment that I that I would want people to think about with me is whatever sport that I coached them in or whatever discipline that I worked with them in, um, their, their success, whatever level it was ever going to come to, was uh, equal uh, to me as a coach. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I, um, I have had many, many athletic coaches in my life, and uh, uh, I'm talking to you because uh, what you just said, I think – we, we we sometimes hear other people kind of say that that's what they're like, but I have very, very rarely found that to be the case. And in my experiences with you, the, the, the psychological commitment you make to those of us that are not uh, going to be celebrated out the world there, out in the world as athletes. And, you know, for me, I find it interesting because at different times in my life, like, as an athlete, I got lots of attention and praise at certain times in my life too. You know, I'm 47 now and it's been a long time since I've been anything other than, you know, <laughs> invisible, but like, you know, my experience with you as uh, my coach, but, and probably more importantly, just my observation about all the different people um, that you, you've touched. It's uh it's a legacy as, you know, you've been doing this a long time already, but you know, your legacy is going to be very broad and very deep with the people that you've, you've touched. So I, I, like I've said earlier, we're going to put um, lots of information about where to find you in the, in the show notes. But um, before we go, like if there was one place you want to direct people to like, Hey, if you want to, you know, skip the show notes and go right to this place, like where would you where would you have people go to learn about you? Uh, I would say the best place to go would be a website called Catalyst Athletics. Um, Catalyst Athletics is a, a, a weightlifting website. They have a Facebook page also, and uh, this is the uh, this is the home for my writing. Um, uh, the, the the Catalyst Athletics is the publisher of uh, all three of my books. And um, I also write a monthly article for their, uh, for their online magazine that they publish, and I also write uh, a couple articles a month for their, uh, for their free uh, article website database. Um, so I've, I've been able to make a – fortunately, very, very lucky. I've been able to make a, a big writing uh, contribution uh, to the, to the, the weightlifting and, and just kind of general – fitness training world um, through, through Catalyst Athletics. So if, if anybody wanted to, to, to learn more about me, in addition to, you know, how to reach me, because that information is on there too, um, catalystathletics.com would be the place I would steer them towards. Okay, terrific. Well, um, we're going to put, you know, places to find your books. In addition to, we'll put links to Catalyst Athletics. And, and if you want to pull out a couple of articles you'd like to highlight in those notes, we'll 
we'll do that. Um, it's we're going to wrap up here, and, and Matt, I'm so grateful you were able to spend uh, the time with us this morning. Thank you very much for being interviewed uh, this morning with the Modern Revolution. Absolutely, my pleasure, Pete. Thank you. Okay, so today's modern revolutionary, Matt Foreman, is moving us forward. And like others we have talked to, he's clear-eyed about our current situation and brave enough to bring his own thoughts and words into the arena. And let them inspire you to bring your ideas out into the world as well. Don't keep them locked away. The modern revolution needs us all. The show notes for this show and all our shows can be found at themodernrevolution.com. So please go there where you can check out the show notes and learn more about our guests and see some of our fun videos like Tell Big Soda to Piss Off. The Modern Revolution is a production of A Well-Run Life. In A Well-Run Life, we have an additional podcast by the same name, A Well-Run Life, and it's three minutes long. And should you be interested in some of our additional ideas Peter Dealey, myself, I have a book called The Leadership Miracle, and it's 35 minutes, and it's on audible.com for $3.95, so you can check us out there as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next episode. This podcast sounds a little bit better on the podcast player, CastBox. In fact, I think of it as Podcast Bliss. They've been a great supporter of ours through this podcast and our other podcast, A Well-Run Life. And so if you haven't checked out CastBox, we encourage you to do it today.